don't focus on the number, when you don't focus on just the the like or the this or the that, but you understand that there's another individual on the other side of this that is receiving this information, more importantly, receiving life-giving information and being transformed by that, by the gospel, that changes how you influence. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. In an age where some of our favorite TV hosts are coming in from their own living room, our decentralized team at Stay Forth doesn't seem so different right now. So uh, coming in from actually the other side of Colorado is my co-host, David Bloom. Hey, Alan. We have a lot going on in our world right now, and we're just processing so much change, but we're going to talk about social media today. So let's wrap on that just a little bit. Um, I have some fears uh, right now that people are binging on social media. I think screen time is way up. I think also there's some really distracting social media um, that is fear-based, and we're just kind of hitting the update button for what's going on in the world, what the latest is. The reality is we can't control much of what's happening right now um, outside of our own doorsteps. And uh, so those are some of my fears around social media. I think we really could see, uh, we have a lot of Zoom fatigue. I think we could see a lot of social media fatigue. I think um, people kind of taking their feelings to the airwaves is always um, something that I have a fear about. Careful little thumbs, what you're sharing with the whole world. Um, So, you know, within that realm, David, what are some of your fears around social media in this season? Yeah, I... I mean, kind of like you, that we get used to this way of life and that we develop habits around this. And some of them can be bad habits. Like this season has developed incredible opportunities. You'll hear stories about parents, you know, pouring into their families and spending more time with their kids and uh, taking walks like Susanna and I have been doing more. I know you and, and Julie have been doing that more too. But so there's these incredible opportunities, but there's also an opportunity to develop some bad habits. And this season is conducive to make us all jerks. What I mean by that is there's stress, anxiety, fear, uncertainty. And so when that's our context, and then you go on the internet and you're bored, um, it's really easy to mouth off, um, spread negativity, whatever the case is. So yeah, it's just a season where we have to watch what habits are we developing. I know it's weird. um, And so we make excuses for how we're living in this current um, season, but what we develop now for the next one, two months is going to carry over into when hopefully this goes back to some sense of normalcy. So we have to be careful how we're uh, interacting with social media now. Agreed. I think in this season, we're going to start some, there's great opportunity for those with discernment to start new habits and patterns. But unfortunately, like you say, some of those habits and patterns, we can have kind of a hangover in this next season where we're at some point just not going to have um, the ability to be around screens as much um, when life, you know, eases back into what's normal as, as it appears that's what's going to happen. Um, today's guest, Kirby Minnick, is actually a social media influencer. And we are all influencers. Everyone has influence in their lives in some realm. And yet the, the term influencer is somebody that online is influencing lots and lots of people, usually through different mediums. Uh, in various ways. And so Kirby really brings her heart for the gospel into various mediums from TikTok 
to YouTube, to her podcast, and has done it at a really young age. So this is something that's interesting, David, to watch. I'm mentoring and coaching more and more younger leaders, um, even in their early 20s, who now have massive amounts of influence, of followers, therefore negativity, comments, uh, other people looking at their lives from the outside. So just a really interesting conversation with Kirby about this, about some of the joys of having influence with people literally all over the world that you can impact and comment and have a gospel influence on, legitimate influence on these people. And yet there's negativity as well coming from anybody that can type or comment across the world. Uh, And so it's just an interesting age to watch young leaders with tons of influence. Back in the day, you sort of had to bid your time and rise up through the ranks and sort of be promoted. Mm -hmm. But now things have been flattened with the internet. And so that's exciting for young leaders with discernment, but I think that can be really hard as well. And she talks about some of the challenges. What do you see around that for young leaders really rising to a space of influence earlier than they used to? And it's, it's what we talk about all the time, that it's, it's health over impact, that you can get influence so quickly right now. And you, you need to make sure that you're functioning from a place of health um, so that you can use that influence and steward it well. And so that can be the fear with, with people who are young, um, that maybe they haven't developed those rhythms of health. Because um, I know for me, <laughs> it's taken years and years and years, and I have a long way to go. Um, and so when that influence is thrusted on you, um, it's a it's a hard load to carry. It's a, it's something. It's really unique this moment that we have, uh, and I'm so grateful that leaders like Kirby are out there influencing people uh, across the world. And I'm excited that Kirby can influence my own daughter. I'm excited that mm. there are people who are stepping into these spaces um, who are bringing such hope, such redemption, uh, such positivity into spaces that that are not always. Uh, so positive. And yet I think social media is a spiritual. It's neither deeply unspiritual or deeply spiritual. Depends how we use it. So it's an incredible tool. We shouldn't be controlled by the tool. And that's kind of just where we stand on stay, at Stay Forth Designs on our team is that we want to intentionally inhabit this space with intentional messages. That's what we're hoping to do here on the podcast. So I think you'll enjoy my conversation here with Kirby Minnick. She's got a podcast. She's influencing leaders all over God has given her some incredible gifts, and she is hilarious, by the way. If you check out some of her videos and just who she is, she's hilarious, and God has put her in this space for a reason. So Kirby, so glad you came on the podcast. So glad you're influencing people. We are praying for you. We're cheering for you. So guys, enjoy my conversation with a young female influencer, Kirby Minnick. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to have Kirby Minnick today on the podcast. Kirby is a boss. Thanks for being with us. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You um you do a lot of things. You have um kind of what I like to call a constellation of provision. Um, you're doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Can you explain um, some of the things that you get to do and the ways that you get to influence leaders out there? Yeah, definitely. So. For those of y'all who don't know who I am, hi, my name's Kirby Minnick, um, also known as Kirby is a Boss on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. I also have a podcast called Bot and Beloved, um, and it's streaming pretty much anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. But basically, my heart is not only to bring people joy and to put out uh, entertaining content that 
has real um, depth to it and and is clean and is family friendly and funny. Um, but more importantly, that points people back to the gospel because I see a need for that, that in the influencer community and in the entertainment industry, that there is such a hunger for identity. There's such a hunger for hope. There's such a hunger for joy. Um, and those things are, are rooted and founded in Christ. So I'm all about pointing people back to the gospel with my content. And then I also do speaking and preaching, but that's pretty much in a nutshell, everything that I do. It's a lot, but, um, to, to put it in short, that's all that I do. So we met down in Texas as part of initiative network gathering and the, you know, incredible horde of highly talented people, uh, in initiative network. And you'd be one of those young leaders. Uh, that are just going for it. I love the energy around uh, kingdom leaders and influencers right now. Um, would you give us kind of back us up Kirby? What was your path to ministry? You are young and you are a female and I'm sure that has joys and disadvantages and things that we'll talk about here. But how in the world did you get where you're at right now? Yeah. So for anyone who needs context, again, as to how old I am, I'm, I just turned 23 like a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm 23 years old and uh, my ministry journey, I would say really began or sparked in my, in my life, my senior year of high school. Um, so just around eight years ago, which is uh, or not eight years ago, whoops, sorry, math is hard, uh, like five years ago. Um, so around five years ago is when I really felt the calling in my life to submit my social media to the Lord. So uh, eight years ago is when I gave my life to Jesus. And uh, there was obviously a shift and a change in my life from that point, because truly surrendered my will, truly surrendered um you know, everything to the gospel was super involved in church and, and everyone, uh, in school and online knew me as, as a Christian, as a Christian girl who was outspoken about her faith. But, uh, I remember praying one day, uh, just about what kind of content the Lord wanted me to put out, what kind of videos. And I, I remember clearly hearing him say, make a video, um, about purity and about, uh, you know, how that is very counter to culture. And I remember just being like, Oh my gosh, God, like people aren't going to like this video of explaining this concept of purity, just because, you know, we've all struggled with that. And I don't want people to be offended. And, and, you know, the gospel, it's, it's offensive. Um, but it's, it's not condemning. It's, it's all about redemption. And so I made this video, I uploaded it and the hate comments rolled in. And I remember running to my church family and just crying and saying, I want to take this video down. Everyone hates me. Everyone's unsubscribing. And I only had about 3000 followers at that point, uh, on YouTube, my senior year or beginning of my senior year. And they encouraged me and said, Kirby, the Lord told you to upload that video. So you need to, to keep it up. So I kept it up and the beauty of that moment. And that's a moment that I, I truly cherish and treasure and, and note to be the beginning of my ministry. Uh, because it was, it was through that video that I began seeing a shift in, not just the content I was producing, but the demand for the content that I was producing. Because previously, it was just the funny skits, the challenges, the vlogs, which I still do. Um, 
but the demand became, we need truth. We need, uh, you're, you're our only source that we're hearing this from Kirby. That that's our age. That looks like us. That sounds like us. And, and you're, you understand scripture. Like we, we want more from you. And so I took on that responsibility and I believe that through submitting my social media to the Lord in that moment, he put his hand on my channel. So moving into university, again, I began making more content. So on Instagram, I was producing more content. On YouTube, primarily, I was producing more content. Uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, and and towards the end of my uh, senior year, or the end of my junior year going into my senior year, uh, I was presented with the opportunity to begin my own podcast. And again, that was just a whole endeavor of the Lord orchestrating and working so much behind the scenes uh, up to that point. And through my podcast, I was able to uh, just begin diving into the word even more. And whenever I explain my platforms to people, I like to tell people that my, my YouTube channel, those are my lambs. Whereas my podcast, those are my sheep. So I really like to get, you know, uh, just a little under the surface on YouTube and really start digging on there. But if you want to go deep, if you want to get into the exegetical stuff, the the context, the history, the the application, the meat, if you're ready to chow down, you know, um, then I say, hey, like, let's head over to my podcast and dive in. Um, and uh, that that was just that's been such a blessing. And I really owe a lot of, of that to, uh, one, the Lord, uh, to all the speaking and preaching opportunities I've had that's equipped me to be a teacher and more confident in the word, but also my, my education. I went to a private Christian university, majored in communications, minored in biblical studies. So we got the medium and we got the message. Uh, and that taught me not only how to be a student of the word and how to know the word for myself. But in that, it gave me a passion of teaching the word, of relaying this information. Uh, and that's, as, as you mentioned, that has uh, brought up some problems, you know, being a young Christian woman, I think that just that alone has uh, given me an obstacle to overcome in terms of credibility or in, in terms of, of knowledge or in terms of the value of my voice. But I know that God has given me this calling and if people want to discredit that fine, that's on them. But I know that God has given me a specific audience um, and he's given me influence and I'm going to utilize that to preach biblical truth, not just my opinion and my interpretation, but biblical truth, because that's what we need more of in this world. So that's why I've been able to use my platform for, and, and here we are today on your podcast talking about it. So that's kind of that in brief. Yeah. Keep bringing it. Keep bringing it, girl. Um, love what God's doing through your life. Now, you represent this growing number of young leaders, especially today, not constrained by one title, one area of influence, or one stream. Um, and while it is true that every leader is an influencer, can you specifically tell us what an influencer is as people are influencing in so many different areas online today? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, whenever people ask me what I do, social media influencer is the first thing that I say, but I always, I always pair it with, but I also am in ministry. I'm a social media influencer for, for Jesus. Uh, and that term influencer, uh, it's not just a blue check like many people think. Uh, and I think that's where our mind typically goes to whenever you hear the term influencer it's someone on social media with a bunch of followers um but i really believe that it's more than that um because there is a responsibility and a stewardship with influence that comes with influence because uh, you could be a good influencer you could be a bad influencer but what really matters is the impact that you're leaving behind and so Whenever I explain or encourage people in how to influence for the gospel or how to utilize their platforms, I always tell them, look, like, yes, there there is audience and there is numbers and there's all those things. But influence isn't measured by, you know, decimals or um, or commas or the amount of zeros you have behind or the K that you have next to your followers, your follower account or anything like that. No, no, no. It's it's about the one. And I think God has been able to humble me in my influence. And I believe that's why he's blessed me with influence. Um, and I'm speaking from a place of humility, truly, because this is, this is God's ministry. This is God's platform. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just the vessel. Uh, but uh, I know it's about the one. And when you don't focus on the number, when you don't focus on just the, the like or the this or the that, but you understand that there's another individual on the other side of this that is receiving this information, more importantly, receiving life-giving information and being transformed by that, by the gospel, that changes how you influence. That's that's what gives you um, the, the inspiration and the push and the drive to be a good leader, to be more equipped for yourself in the word and in your studies and in your teaching. And I say to anyone out there who wants to know what an influencer is, it's someone who is able to to impact. And we all have that ability, whether it's our cousin, our spouse, a family member, someone at work or on social media, um, more importantly, or more prevalently, whoa, (laughs) more prevalently on social media. um, We have the power to impact people that that we don't even get to meet or see. Uh, So if, if you're looking to influence on social media, it's not about the numbers, it's about the one. And when you focus and channel in on that, I mean, that's That's where we're going to see the gospel at work, truly. Before we continue on with this episode, I want to share a resource that we think will be so helpful, so practical for you, whether you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, or a church leader. We realize the season has challenges, and we realize that we always need to be trying new things to get people's attention. They're saying this is the attention economy. I actually have our content producer, Jonathan Collier, with us on the podcast, and you might have heard our podcast, episode 77, we talk about marketing, talk about how marketing not only is not dirty, but we all need to be doing marketing. Essentially, we need to be getting more and more eyeballs and ears and hearts engaged with the message that God has truly called us to. We created this process it's something that we use. We, we call ourselves practitioners. It's years of experience between both of us having served in the ministry space. Uh, we've, you know, I've worked in small businesses. I've led nonprofits. And for many people, there's pain points that marketing's out of reach. 
And in some spaces, marketing seems uncomfortable and janky and underhanded. And honestly, that's because a lot of marketing is presented that way. So we've developed this process that we firmly believe in. It's to help you approach marketing from a standpoint of being a good steward, um, using your time, resources, and energy well. And a process that we call a slow drip process that's going to help you gain consistent traction in the digital space. Because now more than ever, people are in the digital space. They're looking for products and services. They're looking for answers to questions. Um, they want to know, you know, what's going on right now. These are very turbulent times. And if your business, nonprofit, or ministry is trying to gain traction in the digital space, we firmly believe that this resource will help you stand out. So we've created a really simple, really practical, and really concise ebook for you that walks you through a philosophy of marketing, why it's helpful, why it's needed, and also how you can engage with that. You're going to need to apply this specifically to your nonprofit, your business, or your church, but we think there are a lot of gems in there. So it's free for a limited time, so head to hightouchmarketing.net. That's our sister company, hightouchmarketing.net. Click on the tools page. It's a free download. We'd love for you to share that link with other people. We realize that there's a lot of confusion about marketing out there, that it is not dirty. And in fact, we need to be getting other people connected with the message that God has put deeply on our hearts. Go ahead and grab that ebook. We hope that's really helpful for you. Kirby, how do you describe your style of challenging and encouraging other people online? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that before, but uh, if I were to describe my style of encouraging, I would say that I use a good combination of uh, comedic humor, um, but also getting down to like the, the roots, the dirty things that we don't like to talk about. And I just focus on being myself, relatability and not relatability in the sense of, Oh, I'm just like you, even though I have all these brand deals and this and that or the other, but I just focus on getting to the real stuff because there are too many people on social media that are portraying a false self. And I think we're all guilty of that, of putting a filter on, slapping a filter on and and just wanting to say the thing that sounds good, but we need to we need to begin preaching the things that are necessary, and that's what sticks with people. Um, speaking kind truth, and that's what I always aim to do as well. Is that if I'm ever speaking on a topic, whether it be a lighthearted one or maybe something that's a little bit more heavier, rubs people the wrong way, to always do it in kind truth, and again to communicate in a way that reaches the one. Um, that isn't just speaking to the masses, that isn't just speaking to one specific demographic, but is saying, hey, you there, I love you and I see you and I understand this struggle and using that language that is so personal because that's who I'm speaking to. I'm, I am imagining that I'm speaking to an individual as I create my content. And, and through that, I believe that that is what, what has formed such a strong bond between me and my audience. Uh, through my communication style is that it is it is as personable as I can get it, even though it is through a screen. It's as intentional as I can get it, even though it's through a screen. Um, and it's always relayed in kind truth, never in a condemning voice, but one that introduces redemption uh, and introduces uh, Jesus, <laughs> the way, the truth, and the life, uh, even though there might be conviction along the way. Because my job isn't to 
convict. That's the spirit's job. I'm just relaying the truth and I'm offering the solution, which is Jesus. And I think through just communicating in the style of Christ and for anyone out there who wants to know how to communicate or preach the gospel, just look at how Jesus did it in kind and loving truth, but truth (laughs) being present. uh, I think that just through doing that and and really caring about the individual, um, that's given me a communication style that people are drawn to because it's real, it's authentic, and it's relatable. In one of your episodes on Bought and Beloved, uh, you talked about how people-pleasing was wrecking you. Can you let us into that season of your life and really what God did in that season in you? Definitely. I think that's a really interesting season for me to reflect on. Uh, And I think that when people imagine me with people-pleasing, they immediately jump to the social media side of things. But for me, people-pleasing was something I struggled with before social media. Uh, And that's why I think it's so funny that I am a social media influencer where everyone's opinion uh, or everyone's image is dominated by the opinions of other people. But for me, before I came to Christ, I came to Christ when I was uh, 14 years old. So just before I entered high school, right after middle school, before then, uh, people pleasing truly did wreck me. I was I wanted to be savior for everyone. I wanted to be the one thing that was uh, a constant peace for people. Because growing up, I had faced divorce in my family. My dad was an alcoholic, and that eventually led to um, his passing. And I was bullied. And it was just one thing after the next. And and I personally felt so much, uh, so much depression and chaos and uh, destruction in my life that I wanted to be the one stable thing for other people. And little did I know that that kind of channeled itself into this mentality and this uh, lifestyle of people pleasing. I wanted to be the the thing that uh, brought peace to people. I wanted to be the person that everyone could run to with their problems and they would be met with, with joy and with comfort and all those things. But the fact of the matter is, is that that was all coming out of my own cup. Jesus wasn't flowing through me. The spirit wasn't flowing through me. Um, I was operating out of everything that I had, and that left me empty, trying to uh, piece it all together and hold it all together and be everything for everyone and be something different for everyone. Uh, And that was draining. It was draining to the point at which, uh, you know, I never felt like I was enough because I couldn't be this for this person. I couldn't be that for this person. And I was trying to fit all these different molds of savior that I couldn't. And that left me at, again, 13, 14 years old, depressed, suicidal, self-harming. Uh, I, I truly wanted to end my life because I felt like I had no worth and I couldn't live up to the standards of other people. And not only did they in some way put that on me, but I really put that on myself to be everything for everyone. But praise God, he intervened. Uh, I was at a Christian summer camp and I gave my life to Jesus, uh, truly gave my life to Jesus and surrendered to him. And, and in that exchange of surrendering to him, I told him that I wanted to live for him and not be savior for everyone else because I couldn't do it anymore. And and I needed a savior myself. I couldn't even, I couldn't even please myself or, or upkeep myself. But through that transition of giving my life to Jesus, uh, not only was I walking in peace and joy and freedom and fullness and receiving all of those things from him, but, but through that, I was able to, um, 
be that for other people or at least lead people to Jesus. I was able to bring people comfort because I wasn't operating out of myself. I was operating out of what Christ had given me and what he was, what he was uh, flowing through me to other people. And again, to bring it back to what I stated earlier when I was answering this question, that's when Christ really began putting a call on my life with ministry obviously, because I gave my life to him. That's when I received my calling and, and through years of pursuing him, began doing so on social media. And it's interesting that now I'm in an industry where, again, everyone's opinions are based on, on fads and trends and what everyone else is doing, what everyone's saying, what's in demand. But um, like I said, I'm doing it for to reach the one and I'm doing it for the one for Christ. And I'm in a position where uh, I could so easily switch to living for man, pleasing man, but I know that I'm living for an audience of one. And uh, if, if that temptation ever comes, I am always so humbled by the testimonies of the lives that I've been able to affect and change for the gospel. And and I'm always reminded that, wow, like this isn't about pleasing other people. I'm human. I'm not their savior, even though I have all these eyes looking on, at me and on me. And that's why I'm so thankful that I'm able to communicate through vulnerability and through sharing my struggles and story as well, because that puts me at a level of humanity. And, and hopefully my audience doesn't put me in a place of idolatry. Uh, and I'm able to point people back to Jesus because he is the only one um, that could that could sustain me in the influence and in the platform that I have and sustain anybody, uh, at that. So, yeah, That's good. I really did struggle with people pleasing, but God's been good. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, you mentioned this, the online space can be just an interesting space. I believe it is a spiritual, um, that it can be used for incredible things. It can be a huge vice, um, and an idol for many. Um, can you talk about some of the dangers mm -hmm and some of the opportunities that social media presents, especially as young kingdom influencers? Definitely. Um, social media has, is, it's, it's a coin. You know, there's two sides to the same coin. You got the positive and you got the negative. I mean, the negative of it is that it really can be consuming, especially nowadays with everything going on in the world where everybody's on social media. It, it can, it can become an idol. Comparison can flood out of that. Isolation can flood out of that. Um, this idea that fame is going to give you everything that you want. I mean, there is a lot of worldly promotion on social media, and that can be the danger of it, of getting sucked into that and finding your identity in that. Uh, but I tell people, you know, if, if every social media app were to disappear, would you still be satisfied? Would you still have joy? And I know even for me at times, it's like, whoa, like that's, that's a big weight, a big thing I would be losing, but that's not where my identity is. So the, the problem is, is that when it comes down to it, identity and idolatry are the two biggest things I see uh, as, a, as a struggle with social media and, and feeds into those things in a negative way. But the, the positive side to social media is that we have never had a greater access to the world than we've had today. Not just information, uh, yes, information, uh, but but more importantly, it's a mission field. 
I, I say this to everybody, especially generations that might not understand this, that, that social media is the biggest mission field that we have because a video that I upload will reach the other side of the world in two seconds. And I've been able just through, again, emails and testimonies and comments and, and DMs, I've been able to uh, see how my content has led people to Christ from Australia, from Saudi Arabia, from India, from Brazil, from England, from Poland. I mean, all over the world, places that I may never set foot in. Um, and alongside that, I've been able to have conversations through the comments section, through DMs with people that I'll never meet and have been able to introduce them to Christ and lead them to Christ. Uh, so we have such great resources and tools at our fingertips where we can channel our creativity, where we can channel our giftings and callings and our ability to communicate. And this, this upcoming generation is so um, so confident in their ability to communicate on screen. I mean, they, they could really change the world for the gospel, uh, through media. And so I see, I see such opportunity and such hope with communicating the gospel in an age and in a day where everyone is seeking for identity. Everyone is seeking entertainment. Everybody is seeking uh, to find hope and joy and comfort in something because the anxiety, the depression, the the image consciousness that social media brings can also be met by the gospel that is presented on social media. So there really is great power in social media, but we have to submit our influence and surrender it to Jesus. Uh, he's going to move. He has been moving. And I believe now with everything in the world, how everything is shifting to be digitally and everyone's eyes are on media nowadays. I mean, we have, we have no greater time than this to step up and to really be bold and really make our voice present. That's good. What would you like to tell leaders over 45 about your generation? Yeah. So I fall in between this weird gap of millennial and Gen Z um, I kind of fall in between. I'm just hanging. Uh, but whatever you want to classify me as, whether it's millennial or Gen Z, um, I would say that don't give up hope on our generation. Uh, yes, it's very different. And there is a lot of um, progressive views within uh, this day and age in general. I mean, I think we can say that for any generation that there was a lot of progressive views, but that shouldn't scare us from continuing to be rooted in the truth and the hope that this generation will will be rooted in the truth. Um, and and there are still people out there. If anything, I, I see so many young voices out there that are outspoken for the gospel against what is being said instead, what is being preached, what is being lived out, what is being uh, publicized and, and maximized in media. There is a generation that is that is so willing to be bold. And that's what I love about my generation is that whenever we see a cause, whenever we find something we're passionate about, we make it known and we go out there and, and we seize change. We seize opportunity. So as much as there is this progressive movement happening, there is a gospel movement happening as well. And, and there's a revival happening as well. We can't deny it that that it's happening before our eyes. And maybe you haven't been able to see it because a lot of it is taking place on social media, but it's happening. So 
please continue to pray for my generation, continue to disciple my generation. There are so many young Christians out there that that want to be the voice, that want to be the change, but they need that mentorship. They need that leadership. They need that, that uh, instilling of biblical literacy. Uh, so if you have that, if you hold that, don't be afraid to reach out to our generation and to pour into us because we want that. We might not be asking for that, but that's because we don't know what questions to ask. So help us to understand what questions to ask and 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 we'll ask them and we'll seek those answers if you help us and you guide us in that um, because we need that mentorship. We're desiring that mentorship. We're desiring that truth, but, but don't give up on us because there is still a young people out there that is, that is fighting for the gospel, that's getting the gospel message out there. Um, but a lot of it you might not be seeing because it's, it's happening behind computer screens or it's happening in schools or, or now happening on online school, you know, but um, we're out there and we're fighting and we're vigilant and we're hungry and ready to see people come to know truth in a day and age where anxiety, again, is rampant. Depression is rampant. Uh, seeking your identity and other things is rampant. I mean, this, this whole world is, is saying truth is relative, but, but there is, there's a group of, of young believers out there, a big group that is saying, no, truth is not relative. It is a capital T truth. And it is, it is <laughs> stated. And in fact, by a, a capital G God. Um, so yeah, have hope in us and, and help us because we need it. And, and we love you guys too and believe in everything you've done for us, but help us. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. You know, so much of what we try to do here on the podcast is get in between generations or in between conversations that we're not having, having, and just kind of get in the way. And so if you are listening to this and you are wondering, how do I quote unquote, get in the way, become a patron, become a mentor, um, I would encourage you look around, look around at the people who don't know how to ask, as Kirby is saying, the right questions, or don't know that you're available, don't know what you have to offer, and figure out how you get into those people's lives for a cup of coffee or for mentorship, or just to say, is there any way I can serve you, raise you up, provide opportunities? And as I mentioned, Initiative Network does that so well pairing mentorship together with those from younger generations. You guys are so creative in the way that you are pushing the gospel out. And um, like you said, many times we don't see it. Kirby, last question. We always ask this on the podcast. Um, We want to get a little bit personal and a little bit practical and just ask, how do you stay healthy? We want you doing ministry for the long haul for many years to come. You got to stay healthy if you're going to do that. What are some practical ways that you stay healthy? That's a good question. Um, practical ways that I stay healthy. Uh, if we're talking physically, <laughs> exercising, drinking water, eating right, sleeping, like doing my best <laughs> with what I got. But if we're talking spiritually, uh, staying spiritually healthy as a as a young leader who is constantly pushing out content, um, my biggest thing is staying spiritually healthy, staying in the word. That's the number one thing is fighting to have my time with God, not just reading scripture for the sake of, of teaching it to other people, because there is a time for me to study the word and, and put that into my content, but, but taking care of my relationship with God as well. And, and gleaning from my devotional time, my quiet time with him, 
uh, and keeping that for myself, not out of selfishness, but God wants to speak to me too, you know? And so that's a big thing is prioritizing my personal time with God, where I'm resting, where I'm receiving, where I'm realigning with the Lord. Uh, so that's one big thing. Uh, another thing that I find uh, staying healthy for me is is being in community. Uh, and it can be kind of hard, again, with this day and age, with everything that's happening, uh, but staying linked with my community, more, impor- more importantly, in person uh, in, in the past with that, um, that's been a big thing for me because as much as I am so involved digitally and have my digital community and all of those things, nothing beats having a church fam that you can be vulnerable with and link arms with in person and really do life with. Because uh, those are the people that that really get to know me behind a computer screen. Not that there's anything to hide, but but there's real life stuff that needs to be dealt with uh, in threes and in twelves, just as Jesus did with his disciples, you know? Uh, so that's another way I stay healthy is having a group of people who know me and I can be vulnerable with, because as leaders, I think the temptation is, is that we can't struggle uh, or that we can't show our struggles because then we, we shouldn't be leading uh, when in fact, everyone is human and God created us as human. And with that comes struggle and strife and, and trials and temptation. But, uh, we need to, we need to be able to be vulnerable within good community that we trust and that will speak truth into us out of love. Uh, so getting in the word, uh, remaining in touch with my community and, uh, finding ways to continue to stay creative and stay inspired, uh, I think talking with my my followers is another way that I, I stay spiritually healthy because it it gives me a hunger for the word. It gives me uh, that that joy and that drive and and that uh, working with the Holy Spirit of giving people words and pouring into their lives. So uh, overall, I would say a lot of it is just communing, communing with my followers, communing with my community, uh, and communing with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father, and in my times with him. Well, Kirby, thanks for coming on the podcast. We wish you many good years of influence and of continuing to do creatively what God has designed you for. So thanks for all you do. Thank you for having me. And God bless this podcast. Y'all are doing great things. And as a young leader, seriously, what your organization is doing and, and knowing the heart behind it. I mean, we need that. So thank you for being that resource to us because because we need it. We, we need to link arms as the body. So thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll keep up the good work. Love this episode. Hope you got a ton out of it. There are thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and we're so thankful that you've chosen to follow along with ours. Thank you for your support and your feedback. Uh, We could not do this without you. So we will see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Focus so long, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a.